Hello, hello, hello. Lynn Pingle here, CEO of Mackey Company and your host for the Tuesday noon hour. We are live and broadcasting the Procurement Games podcast and open conversation on WFNU 94.1 Frogtown Community Radio. Our show is about providing a platform for small businesses to showcase their expertise, share their stories, their lessons learned, while discussing the challenges they face in procurement and in the ecosystem. So with that said, Welcome to our Minnesota listeners and those across the U.S. who have supported our show and helped elevate the voices of small businesses in the ever-challenging world of procurement. A lot of us do not get the opportunity to elevate our voice as a small business, especially in the ever-challenging world of procurement and entrepreneurship. I have yet to meet a small business owner who has said they are sitting idle. So I know you guys are out there uh, rocking and rolling and, and getting that dollar. So thank you, thank you for tuning in with us every Thursday, and I appreciate your support of our show on WFNU 94.1 Frogtown Community Radio. So with that, back in our studio is my co-host and tech guru, Jared Peterson. Jared, how are you? Doing good, Lynn. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. What's going on? Oh, well, I I am the executive director of Our Tech Cooperative, a technology services design firm that uh, that uh, works with several different small and disadvantaged businesses to work with, marry them with larger businesses in order to meet uh, strategic goals uh, across the board. Um, and we've been uh, we've been uh, busy this week. We just got back from the Association of Minnesota Counties, uh, where we were talking about our sustainable broadband infrastructure plan. How we're taking that uh, concept of working with small businesses and large businesses and actuating that into uh, the the upcoming broadband uh, investment that's coming down the line. So uh, we ha- had a lot of conversations with uh, those that uh, that that uh, direct where those monies are headed uh, in order to meet meet the most good. Uh, talking about areas that are completely dark, don't they don't have any connectivity, ones that are underserved, uh, and how our model brings uh, brings about change in those areas for for bringing them up. You know, uh, I think in your first episode we talked about these dark areas, and even within the city proper of Minneapolis, the city proper of St. Paul, um, we have these dark zones, and I I kind of relate that to our cell tower signals when. You're not that close to the tower. You go down in the garage in the basement. You don't have that connectivity. And uh, that's at the cell tower level. So what you're talking about is this ecosystem of not having connectivity for Internet in general. And our system, your, our, our society is is Internet driven, right? Yeah, you think about uh, one of the complaints we heard from one of the rural communities is that uh, some of the broadband mapping that's out there was showing how, oh, we've got 250 meg at, at a wireless tower. Well, that's right next to the tower, wow. uh, right? So if you further you get away, the more the slower it gets, the more latency there is, the worse the connection gets. Um, and so they were really concerned that uh, they might not miss out on some of their funding because there's these inaccurate maps out there that really say, well, we got 250 meg to the whole area. Well, no, that's not really the case. So uh, we were coming up with some solutions that are, that are coming up. So if you, if, if this is going out to any rural areas that you're listening of, FCC uh, uh, cha- uh, mapping challenges. We have a whole lot of work that we're going to be doing with some of the counties, uh, like Cottonwood County and something like that, but uh, where we have to challenge some of the, the mapping that says there is connectivity there, but there really isn't. Yeah, you've kind of tested it out and you've got the mechanisms. And so you were able to showcase that at, yeah. at the Association of Minnesota Counties then, huh? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting because we put out a, a marketing email and uh, county came up and 
comes up and we wanted to talk about FCC mapping challenges. And I'm like, wow, something geeky I put into an email came back at me. And I go, wow, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good, pretty good show, actually. Yeah. So. Well, you know what I love about it is, you know, um, uh, you're an entrepreneur, uh, as am I. And so when we're talking about, like, the cool things that we've did, you know, last, last time you were here, you are like, I really don't like to talk about myself. But you do tend to geek out when you start on a roll and you start like going into the dirt about what it is that's out there and i could always hear the passion in your voice when you talk about connectivity especially in our rural communities because the money exists so now we just got to back into it and obviously our tech co-op positioned itself beautifully uh for these rural counties so that you know i look at it as you guys can help them get to the money yeah and prove to them that hey we don't this 250 starts at the at, at the nucleus, but by the time it gets to tier one, tier two, it's down to 195 and 150 and practically three zero. meg. There's yeah, some there's yeah. three some meg. Of, Holy so, cow! Yeah, some of them are saying I'm getting three meg from their wireless connection. They're paying 150 bucks a month for it, Ouch. and you know, and it's like it's one thing if you go down in the garage here and you lose connectivity on your cell phone, but it, it, you have a backup Wi-Fi connection because you have a wired connection. Well, in a rural community, they don't have that wired. Connection. All they have is that one wireless connection. So. But I, that's why I wasn't here Tuesday, but I heard you started something new on Tuesday while I was gone. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's kind of a we thing because, you know, you're part, of the, <laughs> you're part of the team here. But, um, you know, we've talked about this for a month uh, that uh, um, we were going to host the talk, the Procurement Games Live Call and Open Conversations. And uh, Devonna Pittman of Nature Syrup returned to our studio and we got into the weeds about her journey as a businesswoman. And that's, folks, is what we're going to do on Tuesdays. Um, we sort of kind of take the kid gloves off and just kind of respond to uh, the comments that you have, the thoughts that you guys shared and such. And, you know, I mentioned back um, two days ago that uh, a lot of small businesses, Jared, you know, fear that retaliation, fear the retaliation that when they say something against this ecosystem um, or even agree to something that wasn't palatable, uh, something's going to happen to them. And, you know, miraculously contracts start disappearing or, you know, things uh, and the rumor mill starts spinning that this is why you didn't or this is, you know, what you do and, and that type of stuff. So what was really, really cool about uh, launching Tuesday's talk, um, it was a platform for us. It was the first time since we launched Procurement Games Podcast at Open Conversations that we were actually able to bring forward uh, some of the comments and the feedbacks of our listeners. And, you know, again, we didn't identify names. We didn't do anything of the sort. We just simply brought up the comments and the suggestions. So um, there were so many amazing comments for our um, Devana and her journey and, and Nature Syrup as a product, uh, particularly the corporate to entrepreneurship transition. That was huge. Uh, Devana also had a chance to share more about her product line and gave advice um, for women who have pressed their hair and want to see it back in its natural, healthy, and glorious textured state. So that was really cool because that's like getting down in the weeds, you know? Um, so remember to keep sending your emails to insights at procurementgames.org or, you know, if uh, you've got uh, the brave... Um, Inya, give us a call at 651-313-5125 with those burning questions. And, you know, we'll share them on live uh, Tuesdays at, at uh, 10 a.m. So let's get on with today's podcast. Jared, what is in store for us today? Well, today we're featuring our second entrepreneur of the season. Uh, Miss Hyun Kim is the CEO of MinBest Inc., 
she's the founder of the Midwest Alliance for North Korean Refugees, uh, co-founder of Our Tech Cooperative. Uh, Hyun was the first Asian to serve on the University of Minnesota Board of Regents. Uh, she's also the chair of the State Council on Asian Pacific Minnesotans and is a member of our, our directors of notable organizations such as the YWCA, USA, Roseville Rotary Club, uh, the Minnesota Council of Churches, uh, the Roseville Optimist Club. Uh, she's on that on, in there. Uh, she was an honorary chair of, the, of Global Minnesota for their year of Korea in 2016 and was named Minnesota St. Paul Business Journal's Top 25 Women to Watch. But her most recent accomplishment is uh, uh, penning an autobiography alone on the battlefield. And Hyun's story is a story of perseverance born in the midst of a national tragedy. You know, Jared, if I said I wasn't impressed, I'd be lying. I, uh, I feel like we have an icon in our midst who has started and ran successful businesses, multiple businesses of that. And, um, you know, what, what was really resounding to me when I read the book was that here is a woman who changed her story and truly made something of herself, standing her ground to belong in the Minnesota landscape. So I have to welcome to our studio Miss Yon Kim. Yon, how are you? Oh, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you, too. And, Lynn, what a wonderful show that you created and go on for our community. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me, um, what do you do? Uh, give me some background about your, your work, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into the details of, of who you are and what you are. Just give me your name, your company, and, and uh, what your role is. Yeah. My name is Hyun Kim, and recently that smart, brilliant <laughs> young man, Jer, uh, invited me to create this Our Tech Co-op. It's a wonderful co-op that we created. And um, I have been funding this organization and being a chair, I really see that this Our Tech Co-op will help our DB companies and also we will really be, uh, I can see the how we can really be an important uh, co-op for Minnesota. I tell all these uh, counties and city, you know, small rural city peoples at AMC event and other places, I said, you know, I'm 76 years old, and I said, I am not going to stop working until the Internet system goes to everybody's, including rural and urban areas, just like phone system and electricity. This is our right. And government has to listen to us, and we have to equip ourselves in Internet. And if some people do not want to use Internet system, that's okay. But I think this is our right Absolutely. to teach our children online, Right now, pandemic, we just had a pandemic. And then even old people like us, you know, right now, more and more old like us, we would like to stay home and receiving medical treatment or, you know, medical system. And without this Internet system, how can they do that? That's right. That's right. That's and unfortunately, in this country, we are, you know, this support, Amer America is supposed to be the best country in the world, say, 
But, you know, in even Minnesota, 51% of land in Minnesota are covered by fiber optics. And they are like, we call it, our tech co-op, you know, calls 60, forgotten 65. That in Minnesota, there are 65 towns. There's just zero connection. Let and me uh, we, yeah, yeah. let me get you off on that one because we're going to dive into that because mm-hmm. I, I, to to learn more about what our tech. So that's why I'm is. here. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I'm here. I work. Uh, I have been general contractor for uh, many years. I have been really uh, rattled around about the inclusiveness and diversity, yeah. and uh, uh, um, you know the working working as a small woman and minority company so currently i do own minbest inc which is a civil engineering company for the last 12 years but we're struggling yeah, yeah. So let me let me backtrack a lot, a little bit, Jan, because I know our listeners love the backstory of what made you you, and a lot of you is in your book, Alone in the Battlefield, which I've had the privilege of reading. So um, we're gonna get into tell us about you at a high level, the journey you shared in the book. Now I don't want you to get into too much detail because we want everyone to go buy it and read it, right? Where, where so we, we buy just it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where so, is it on? Where can you where can you buy it's it? A, it's on. Amazon okay. and Kindle and Barnes and Noble. Awesome, awesome. So you got to go grab a copy of this. But we're gonna we're gonna hear Yon's story and how she became Yon Kim here in the U.S. Um, because you know I have to tell you I, I connected with her book, uh, the poems, the historical references. I'm telling you, it's incorporated with her own personal story. So. Um, Jan, I, w- I, I want I want to learn more about you. And in your book, um, there were several instances that um, kind of came about. So before before we get into um, all of that, give give me a little bit of a background of um, how you grew up and what inspired you to write this book and the story that you're telling. And then I'll kind of lead our conversation into some of the things that I highlighted in the book that I thought we're going to have to bring this up and talk about. So go ahead. Well, you know, when you look at the uh, Korean War, I think it's almost forgotten war, but that war lasted three years and one month and killed and injured 4.87 million people. And I was four, and unfortunately, my elite father became a communist from the China, and then... But then he worked for Samsung, and my mother was an educated teacher. But just by the history, if you read my book, that accidentally I left behind, my whole family went to North Korea. So uh, it was a very brutal brutality was there, and especially little child like me that whose family was communist and they went up North Korea. So they tried to kill me. It's in the book. Wow. And then I was really bru- bru- brutalized. I had a uh, child abuse situation that I went through. Then, you know, I got kicked out of my aunt's house when I was 16. And, you know, I mean, woman back in that age, either you go to brothel or you, there's no work for woman, you know. And I joined the military. Then after that, I worked for U.S. Uh, military. Then I came here. But one other thing that it really imp- 
the, the important for me is that my story is not a success woman story. I'm just, it's a survivor story, okay? But when I was in South Korea, that people tried to categorize me as a balgengi, which is a red. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, I went through death and went through a lot of hardship. Then when I came here, when I came here, here you know, in the United States. Yeah, yeah, came to USA. Then I see the history of this country and actually of all colored people like us that we could come here because of the civil rights movement and in 1965 That's because right. of Dr. Martin Luther King that they lift this this uh, policy where that colored people can come immigrate to this country. That's right. The immigration laws, immigration uh, you know, as law, a result yeah. of Martin Luther King's right, war, right. Um, emerged. And, emerged. And a lot of people to, don't make that connection. They don't. They really don't. You know, because until 1925, that the USA forbid colored people to come here. That's right. They put a quota system and That's everything. Right. That's right. So then when I came in, I was watching Color Purple and Roots, and, and then, oh, my gosh, this country does have a history. That's right. Of this same thing that I went through as a Balgengi, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that made me thinking of, like, okay, I am yellow, <laughs> Mm-hmm. black, brown, yellow, we are all together. And we have to work together to make this country better yeah, absolutely. with everybody. So that's what that's what kind of driven me to, if you read my book, you know, how I, you know, I was bartender for 10 years to <laughs> send my ex-husband to school. And then when I became alone with two, two children at 35, I went to University of Minnesota working, f- you know, full time, went to school. And then after my graduation, after nine years of my graduation, I became a University of Minnesota Board of Regents. So those are the story of yep. my book. Well, Thank and then you. there's components in your in your book, Jan, that you talk about that journey, how you questioned, um, here I am with a degree, right? And here we are as minority individuals. And you address that in your book because you had some great women activists that championed for you and helped you because they – protected other women and and you find sort of a um a uh, a a network because you guys were all women and you're all children and you're trying to make something of yourself and so um well actually you know what it, it's just the not not at this incident it's just gradually yes. that when i think about it my past surely you know who i am now because of the civil rights movement Mm-hmm. And be- because of the women's movement, okay? Yes. So in 1970s and 80s, that women, instead of their picketing, they go to, like, college systems and all different places. And then they really helping other women. And that's how I, when I went to University of Minnesota at 1981, there were women at the system that helping other women or the single moms to really get the how to get a Pell Grant, you know, how to Martin Luther King Center. I mean, you know, when I started when I was thirty five, I only know 
arithmetic. But by the time I went through Martin Luther King program, I taught IT pre IT kids calculus. Wow! And you know, but those are all these women and people at the university system. They care about us, and they really was with us. That's right. That's so every step of the way, and then the other thing that I want to tell people is this. This America is beautiful because there are so many people do volunteering work. So when I get on that volunteering community, then I meet wonderful people. And then along the way until now, even now, you know, I go to Hennepin Avenue United Methodist Church and I was a trustee. Now they may, they asked me to be a trustee chair <laughs> at this predominantly white, you know, people church, sure. I call it. Yeah. And inclusive, inclusiveness and working together, it, that's what I'm so happy about living in this country. Yeah. And, and, you know, but when back then, when you were emerging, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, again, I got to go back to the book, because when you were emerging, you were identifying things like um, self-employment and why immigrants oh, yeah. are going back to self-employment because yep. they have master's degrees, they're mm -hmm. overeducated, they're doing all of these things. And um, they're, they're starting businesses like grocery stores and travel agencies, yep. which doesn't even translate into their doctors That's, and medicals and engineers and that type of stuff, right? I'm not, I'm not the only one uh, writing about that. There's other books that who wrote about there are so many immigrants. They come here and they're highly educated. But, you know, when they come here, even like civil engineering, even doctors, this, this country do not recognize whatever that their own country's education and oh, what so they have. And then, you know, I myself, too, when I got my degree at age 41, maybe I had an age discrimination, too, but I applied for 3M and those large companies. They would not hire you. I think that there is an issue of our language issue mm -hmm. and issue of it's uncomfortable. I think Minnesota has a passive aggressive sort of things, you know. They can be very nice but they, yeah. they're not, you know, inclusiveness is not there. So most but then other states too that so these people, they're educated people, they end up owning grocery stores, travel agency and things like that, you know. Yep, yep, yep. But but the other thing too, you know, when I go to a lot of book club to talk about my book and there's a woman, she say, well, you know, we suffer as a woman, too. But then I told her, I said, yeah, but, you know, um, people call me gooks and chinks and go mm -hmm. back to China. Wow. And That's right. You don't have that extra element. That's right. But. Anyway, well, so I, you know that that's a great cue because I kind of want to talk about the biases. You 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 <laughs> express quite a bit uh, the biases that we have, and uh, you know, ironically, it is the holiday season, and this was many many years ago when um, a young uh, a young white male suited up and ready to go uh, asked you to move over. Tell me a little bit about that story. Before I say that, you know what this country's history, I respect resiliency of African-American community, Native American communities, and how they 
provide the lands and how the free labor they provided to this country for hundreds of years. That's right. And that I honor. But for Asian American, yes, uh, I do get, you know, uh, I describe about those stories. <laughs> However, you know what? That anybody come to me and do that kind of stuff, they're wrong because they picked the wrong person. <laughs> you got to tell the story about what happened. So, you got to so, tell the story. Yes. What happened? So it was New Year's <laughs> Eve. It was packed at the grocery store. It was Bailey's, I think. And then I was just, just, you know, middle of cooking, I came out and I was just buying things. And it was, we are closing pretty soon. So everybody was lining up and I was lining up. And this white guy with tie just came up to me and says, move over. You know, so I said, I can't because, you know, look at, I cannot. And he said, well, if you cannot even move over, you know, simple things like this, why don't you just go back to China? <laughs> and then he just walk off. Well, I followed him. <laughs> I love it. And I say, hey, hey, buddy. I said, people look like me are not all Chinese. Why don't Amen. you just go back to grade school and learn the geography because just just learn you know i mean really we are not all chinese yeah. and then i told him okay well i can just pack and go but why don't you just go home and dig up all your ancestors bones and <laughs> you know and start with that and you go back to then and where where are you from are you from germany <laughs> are you from switzerland you go back then we all go back that's right that's and so right. while we were doing it you know he was not happy and some of the women you know they were all standing and waiting for the cash register to, you know, check. <laughs> and some woman came up to me say good for you good for you yeah so anyway that was an incident well, i yeah i mentioned about a couple of few you know i worked as a bartender sending my ex-husband to school and you know, my colleague, that other bartender, it's just, he called me every morning said, hello, how's my cook today? Wow. So there's some things I wrote about. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a lot of that bias, right? And again, um, just addressing the where we came from and the yes. natural assumption um, that we are who we are, it's, it's, it's sort of insane. So I know we're nearing the half hour mark here, and I know Jared's itching to say our disclaimer because the next segment we are going to talk about um, is uh, our tech co-op and uh, how you got into that industry. So Jared, take it away. Well, w WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of this diversity and is not the view of WFNU or FTI as a whole. There you go. Thank you for that, Jared. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm getting good at that, watching that clock at the half hour. So let's shift gears. You know, um, you have been what I call a serial entrepreneur. You didn't just start one company. You've started several companies. And I, I recall reading something of the medical device company you researched and trying to tap into 3M. Now, in your book, that was kind of cool um, how, how 3M modified your contract because of that liability insurance. So that's a story I want you to kind of dive into because small businesses um, – don't know how to negotiate that, right? And that's yes. really, really awesome. Yes. So that's, is that your first company? Yes, that uh -huh. was my first company that, you know, I tried to look for a job 
you know, I start, I became a stockbroker and everything, but it was very difficult to get a job at the corporation. So I just found my own business. Before I do that, you know, since you talk about my book just shortly, that if you want to know how Korean War began with the Stalin and all the superpowers, that's the other thing, you know, superpowers just go around, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I detail everything. So men likes my book because there's a lot of histories. And then Stalin versus Putin, that I really, really have a, such a just, just bleeding heart for what's going on in Ukraine. So yeah. that's, I just want to mention. So go back to that. I created my own business, and then I... Uh, representing, you know, I speak the Korean language perfect, and so I found out that in South Korea, there's about $3 billion pharmaceutical company. They make products that 3M was interested. So we, I was in between um, company to bring this contract together to do OEM business from South Korea. So anyway, that um, Korea was not then uh, did not understand liability insurance. <laughs> sure. So then 3M asked Green Cross, uh, th- this this uh, pharmaceutical company called Green Cross, this is a big company, that to say, hey, we need your liability insurance and we need to talk to your legal representation, representative, yeah. including law, you know, lawyer. Lawyers, yeah. So. So I I talked to Green Cross, and they said they sent they responded to 3M said Hyun Kim is our legal representative. <laughs> <laughs> I said no 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 I'm not an attorney I don't have any legal rights to do anything like that but mm-hmm. you know as a small re- company we are resilient trust me there are a lot of stuff that we have to put up as a small company so I just I was so desperate. And I thought about, hey, so I went to 3M. I said, you know what, 3M, they don't understand and they don't have a good liability liability insurance system over there. So why don't you, I will negotiate with Korea, why don't you just, uh, uh, you buy the liability insurance in USA, then put that cost into Green Cross. So that's how it that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. But, it, you know, it takes that uh, out-of-the-box thinking, right? Because, again, as a small business, we wouldn't, th- we wouldn't think to ask that because, you know, we don't qualify. We don't have the financials. We don't have all of that stuff, the credit scores and so on. Yeah. And so trying to penetrate a, a, a large company and kudos to 3M for uh, ag- agreeing. To, to, to go outside the box, right? I mean, that that's that's really awesome. They, they cannot do. agree because I was tenacious. Yeah. You know, I'm one thing about me is I'm pretty tenacious. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> so, are, yeah. But, you, the, you know, but this, let me talk about, like, I was a general contractor. I did yes. construction management at risk for MPHA and some of those government entities. And what is MPHA? Minneapolis Public Housing Authority. Thank you. But you know what? A lot of black, brown, yellow people back then, you know, uh, we do not have a great skill of reading blueprints and then bonding. Yeah. Bonding was a big issue. So I... What, 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 what was the time frame? The 90s? Ni- the 80s? No, no, no. 20, 2000. Early 2000s. 2000. There yeah. you go. Just kind of... So, so, you know, what I, right, what I did was I dip it up. If I get $800,000 $800, contract, I dip it up under bondable. 
So then I in- invite everybody to the site. And actually, they can measure and they can look at it and they can give us a prize. And we did that. And, you know, uh, MPHA back then had a very good procurement office. Ben Jackson was one there, and they were working together with me. And we, so I developed the the underbondable and then gave them a work. And, you know, we did lead removal, we did roofings, and we did rehab the whole house, the MPHA houses and all that. And one day I walked into the procurement office and, Ben Jackson, you know, he's, he's he's retired. He said, "Look at the wall, Minbest, you know, my company and enterprises, seventy percent DBE goal wow. we achieved." That means you you met the DBE mm-hmm. goal for those who are. We work with a lot of North Minneapolis. Seventy percent, I would 70. say, it exceeded the goal. Right, exceeded. and then <laughs> I did Uruk job, you know, yeah. universe. I did Uruk job fifty fifty with white company and me. And we met 39% DB goals. Wow. But the so thing this is, is the University of Minnesota, you rock yeah, on yeah, um, pe- yeah. pen or what is it? On pen, yeah. Uh, on but, pen, yeah. but because maybe I'm a woman, nobody talks about that, but I did. How long ago and was that? That was um, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. No, no, maybe 15 years ago. So I just, early time 2000s. goes so fast. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. But, you know, but the but thing is. it's changed is, since. Then. I mean, it's yeah. really interesting because the but, focus back then wasn't, it was just to meet a number, not necessarily to elevate, right? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, you know what, even now, what what really hurts me that when I was working with the Iraq job too, my hero, Jer, he's my hero. He's a technically broadband market. He's the best. That's why I'm your partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Right. Anyway, that uh, but so many like uh, paintings, janitorial, and so many that uh, jobs we do, we have to elevate ourselves to do. You know that's you know I'm in civil engineering uh, uh, company that I own. It it just really hurts me when I think about that. But I think I have a lot of hope, great hope, because there are a lot of young people are now coming out. And I think it is still tough to be a, but that's what I, I, you know, we have to fight. We have to fight for diversity, inclusiveness, including women, you know. Absolutely. And uh, uh, equity. We just have to do that. So tell me about our tech co-op. So I know you said you yeah. partnered with Jared and, and things like that. What what is our tech co-op? Um, what does it do? Uh, who who are you? Who's in your ecosystem that you're so working with? So if you're with? asking me, I'm not a geeky guy like Jared. <laughs> and that's what's so, great because you can sp- <laughs> explain it in human it's, terms. <laughs> it's a more human term. So what it is is that our tech co-op as a, you know, black, yellow, we are co-founder, and we care about this community. What really wonderful thing that this is Jer's idea that then now we're working together is that creating a community, we are including large companies. Like that AMC event that we were, we had our booth. Our uh, uh, booth with our co-op partners, team, the company like Quest, they do almost $500 million wow. a year, build all day and night. They build middle mile and last mile of five optic system and, you know, 
the infrastructure. They came from California to join us because they're exciting about what we're doing. And then there's GTT, you know, they probably do billion dollars, 911 Inform. These guys are all pretty good size companies, okay? And they join us because what we are telling them, our tech co-op is co-op, okay? And then we're not going to bad-mouthing about Comcast and those guys because they have to work for their stock ownership. Owners. That's right. But it, as a co-op, we are telling the government, hey, government, you know, y- it's not fair them to go to a rural area. There's only 90 people living in one town. Comcast will never go there and invest money in because they're going to lose money. So wherever out there, 65 forgotten cities and rural areas, and then even urban, you know, Frogtown and North Minneapolis and all these areas, we will work as a co-op model, but we will bring those experience, cooperation, big company to put our head together. And then we will do, we, our tech co-op has a capability doing, putting an RFP together to work with D, that working with counties and, you know, cities to put our tech, our heads together to really build infrastructures and bring the gadget to put that into that system. So the kids, little kids, if there's a McDonald's in a little town, those kids go to McDonald's parking lot to study. Why not that little child study at their own home with internet system there? Why not these old people like me? Well, I, I've got a lot of energies, but or I'm not going to retire. That you maybe. do. I know you're not. But anyway, <laughs> why not? Why not that elderly? We stay in our own community and that we work with medical system. That's through internet. Yeah. You know, and then why not that business people? And then the other thing that, you know, you two are really giving me that you two are such as brilliant people. Like, if we have a nice 5G, nice connection in rural areas, guess what? Real estate development development people say, hey, you know what? There are cities with... I even heard about that. Some people want to move to a countryside, but if they do not have a decent connection, they cannot do that. Ah, absolutely, absolutely. That's and my way of that, talking. Even at that AMC event, we had a, a device and, and system manu- a telehealth manufacturer who had a pretty cool product, TV that hangs on the wall, helps an elderly person get their, their meds, and has, they can have their telemedicine appointments. They're like, Ooh, it's Health E-Med is the name of the product, and it was pretty cool. They're out of St. Louis Park. But they had told the, the state, they'll do all 87 counties, but they can't do all 87 counties without – quality without without internet without connectivity and so we were working through how to get them uh we'll be talking with them about how we can help them get their product into those areas but they're challenged by actually serving them because there's a lack of connectivity in these areas and so um that's what we're pulling together uh is how we an ecosystem of partnerships not only that you know what the other thing the other thing that we experience that jar uh that um sometimes that profitable companies 
when they go to rural areas or any places that they have to count their number, are they going to make money or lose? Then they really play their own game so that these rural towns and counties, they get so frustrated. So when when we bring our ideas and when we present with all this, $400 $400 million company, all they were so excited to say, we can do this to your rural areas. Well, at first, they didn't listen, you know, month, you know, a few months ago or six months ago. But when they actually see that we create a team and say, we can do this for you as a cooperative model, we got some very interesting uh, respond and now you know I send my geeky guy JR <laughs> he's a smart geeky guy he goes out and talk to those counties right yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm very happy about but you know like I said I don't think I retirement is not in my book until all Minnesotans got internet systems and all black brown yellow people are prosperous with our model to work together Awesome. Awesome. So, go ahead, Jared. So, when you were uh, coming up in your your entrepreneurial uh, spirit, you have you still you have your engineering company. Uh, what's that model like? What have you built? What type of business models have you built in the past? Well, you know, over the years, that what I found out is that we there's a program called DBE program, and statistically that white women do way better than us because, you know, over the years as an immigrant and black, brown, you know, yellow, we were institutionally not quite learned the system and how to do business. You know, we may have a good skill, but we don't. So we just, you know, like fall down and, you know, it's a lot of challenges. But one thing that I really praise MinDOT and even Met Council too, Southwest Rail job that I have one engineer there, when they put 19% DB goals. And then I do have a mentor, like AECOM, you know, the billion dollars company. And then when we are team up together as a mentor protege, that really helped me to really learn from them and they're genuinely teaching us. And so now, you know, over the years with MINDAR and Met Council work I did for 12 years, you know, my credit rate from went from pretty low to now, Equifax, 820. You know, you got to awesome. work at it. That's right. You got to work at it. Bank, love us. And then when we tenaciously working, but if owners which are Minda and Council and Target and all those, if they do not make a commitment to work with us, DB company, including white women, you know, we all inclusiveness, then those large companies don't care about us. That's right. And But still, you know, us, especially us black, brown, yellow people, don't forget yellow, <laughs> we do not have that savviness of, savviness of financially and all that way to grow. So I'm just really still not there. But we do best invoicing for the government. We do best way of working with 
MnDOT system and you know Ramsey County or uh, the the I, I don't have a job from Ramsey County, but I have to say Ramsey County because I lived there, and then Met Council, then we are posturing right now comfortable to grow sure. because we built over the years we built it, but if they do not give us a work, how can we build? That's right. That's right. No work. Yeah, you're not going to be successful. No, That's no. Right. So this successful. is, and then the other thing is consistency. You give us a work one time, it drop us, and then you give us a work next, and you drop. Well, you know what? We have to have a proper staffs, and we have to have a proper system. So I really hope that, that especially small company, I hope the government, entities or owner, I would say owner, and the large companies, I hope that they be more patient with us and take time and consistently working with us, not on and off. Not on. I buy like $14,000 software system for this working for one project for me in that under this large company. They use us. They just drop us. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's the challenge that when I sit here and look at, because, you know, our, our next segment is challenges and solutions and failures and successes. And you, you've pretty much wrapped up the failure part, all the things that the ecosystem hasn't been contributing. And then you've given us the solutions, actually, uh, in response to that, to simply say, you know, it's, it's, it's enough for our small businesses to stick out stick our heads out there, be the expert, be able to perform the work, prove that we can perform the work. But the other side, the government agencies and the private private sector, um, must also do more, right? They have to do more than what they're already doing. Commitment. Not to say that they haven't yeah, done they, it. They, they have they to need have to a commitment. Yeah. commitment. You know, I, I'm a legislative committee for AGC, Association of General Contractor. Wow, they put a program, inclusiveness program. But yet, you know, I mean, please spend some time and see what we do and then really like mentoring us. That's right. You know, That's mentoring right. us. Or teaching us how, what, how it needs to get done. And, to, yeah. and then what solutions have we come up with? And I mean, when we're talking about the here's we got all these problems right we've yeah. you've learned the problems mm-hmm. throughout your your, your mm-hmm. working life um you know and what have we baked into like our tech co-op in yep. order to yep. in order to help small businesses what, what, what's one of the this issues is, that, fa- this that we is, face this is why you know i mean uh jr and i you know we know each other for the last five years when he brought this idea of co-op i would i just jumped and then when he talks about broadband market you know i mean i'm from South Korea, there thirty years ago they put ninety five percent of their land just five optics, and how they grow technically so is unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay, and then I'm suffering because I'm not Korean. I'm a Minnesotan. I'm an American. You know, so when Jr. really put this cooperative way, uh, he built he built last fifteen years that supplies chain and who they are, you know, large companies. And when he say that we are working cooperatively, that, so what amazes me was little guy like us, you know, they they probably came to see who we are and now they're really with us, that 
somebody do five half billion dollars company working there flew over from California to participate with me. That's a power. That is amazing. And they are so so that when we then our last meeting that we had together, they are so they're exciting. They're they and then the thing is, you know, the other thing too, as a, for me as an oldie like me, we don't want. I don't want to make pennies, you know. I mean, I hope I don't go to public house to live there. But <laughs> you, you but redes- you'll, you'll you'll fix them and redesign them. Yeah, but, that's true. But, uh, yeah. but <laughs> rebuild them. But you know what? But but you know what? I mean, if you put a vision and mission, I think us, black, brown, yellow, the people, let us just say, this is my vision. This is my mission. And anyone, you big guys, medium-sized guys, and, you know, like I talk about three-legged stool, you know, government, big guys, us little guys, we work together. Absolutely. That's the answer. That's yeah. that's the ecosystem. But that's the ecosystem. I'm, I'm gonna let you close this out because we're, we're an hour has passed, Jan, and we didn't even get to all of the questions because you you have addressed so many. I have to sift well, through and figure out what's what's what. So well, go I ahead, was Jay. wondering too on the on the contracting side, something that that's been especially on the on technology because contracting is really hard, right? Oh. Contracting is hard, yes. even on the agency side, even on the on the private on sector private side. side contracting is hard. So what what's been developed in order to make it easier for these governments to do business but blocks uh, blocks small business participation they do that you know especially mindar has pre-qual program that really can really put us out okay and then uh the the rfps and all those things that i went through boy i wrote the book about that you know (laughs) and go through that you first of all you have to work bloody hard but when you have a mentor protege and partnership with those people now with our tech co-op, when we write our RFP together, okay, together, and then really winning something together, mm-hmm. that's that's the goal. So we all have an interest together. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I really respect, Lynn, you, that because of you, your program with Mindad, I got into ADA, you know, market with a design and inspection. And the, when I noticed when you train people, I saw so many black, brown, yellow, and woman yeah. there. Not just a bunch of women, but not this. And I saw that, and that was fabulous. And you actually helped me personally. You. you link with the Mindad people, and then you train us, and we did, we, we were pre-qual. But pre-qual is very difficult program under Mindad. And then Mindad and those large guys say, go to large company to work under them. They really don't care about us. Yeah. They have a good old boy network. Yeah, and there's no pathway, right? And no, you have to create no. that pathway. They don't, so yeah. We, we try to penetrate it, yeah. I think, it's with the hard. work that we it's did very at, the, at the resource center. Difficult. Um, but, you know, I, I think it strides. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's it difficult. strides. So. And, then, and then lastly is that nobody's fault. We are great people. 
we just have to work together because sometimes, you know, I get, I sit in the corner and that, this is why I said I'm not a successful woman, you know, <laughs> because, you know, I, you just kind of like say, hmm, I wanted to do this much, but then it goes back and forth, back and forth. But that it's sustainability is really, really difficult. what you're but talking about. But I'm still about. here. Yeah, commitment mm-hmm. and sustainability. And I have a yeah. huge dream. Outtech Co-op will do good for the community, good for us, and good for the overall community of Minnesota. So I'm very happy that I met you, Jer, and you're still my hero. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, thank you for that. Well, Hyun, thank you for joining us today and uh, definitely sharing your story. Uh, you know, I started this episode saying that uh, we had an hi- icon here in the studios, and I am absolutely convinced that Jan is an inspiration, not just, you know, not just for small businesses, but specifically for women. And immigrant women of color who who can Thank change you. their story, right? Thank um, you. you know, pick up Jan's book, <laughs> right? Pick up Jan's book. It is an amazing read. Again, Amazon, Kindle, uh, Barnes and Noble, Alone on the Battlefield, A Child Surviving the Korean War. Uh, and uh, check out Art Tech Co-op. I know Jared talks about it every time he's here, but there's so many of us small businesses who are in technology because we are underrepresented, regardless of the reports out there that says the technology system is diverse. Uh, let's revisit, uh, and we're going to talk about that because we're going to address this this study that came out um, a few days ago from the Minneapolis Business Journal. And um, Jared, any final thoughts? Well, I'm sitting here in maroon and gold, not in honor of PJ Flex contract extension for his $45 million contract extension, which is pretty cool. We have PJ Flex for a little bit longer, but really, Hyun's been a bit of inspiration in, in the neighborhood and in the community here, uh, ex region at U of M. And, uh, and I know everything. we didn't even get to talk about that. Yeah, no. We, <laughs> You're going to have to come back. Yeah. We, we University got, of Minnesota, the goal for rah, rah, rah. Yeah, what's, a, what, what's the chant, Hyun? You chanted it the other day when we were at the game. Yeah, M I. N N E S O T A, you know, go for, go for, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, love yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty hilarious. She heard it and she perked up real fast. Yep. It was pretty yep. funny. She became so. her inner cheerleader came out. Exactly. That's right. There. Yeah. So don't forget to tune in on Tuesday at 10 a.m. for our live conversation with uh, with Hyun. Uh, phone number 651-313-5125. We'll try and answer your questions live or email insights at procurementgames.org. Uh, Hyun's episode will be on procurementgames.org and also on the WFNU website so you can rehear the story. Awesome. Thanks, Jared. So, you know, Procurement Games Podcast and Open Conversation is telling the story of, of you and your business. You know, I reiterate that almost in every show that we have. But, you know, today's episode uh, really hits close to home because uh, as a proud Filipino-American, I've experienced the biases uh, because I am Asian. Sure, we are perceived and have sometimes proven we are smart, educated, technology savvy. But because we look the way we do, we are easily dismissed and disregarded. So uh, most of us culturally, uh, perhaps it's because of our culture that we don't say anything and uh, we are viewed as predominantly meek. Uh, but, you know, deep inside us is, is someone that do, does need to say out. So I want to encourage you to follow and do what Hyun did, standing her ground and saying, I belong here just like you. So, folks, let me close with this. We always talk about that low-hanging fruit, but we have to realize that if we look up, there is a tree 
filled with fruit getting ready to ripen. Learn, strategize, and collaborate for the win because we can do more together than we do ourselves. Be kind and support one another. That's really the story here uh, because we are all we got. So until next time, y'all, Jared and Lynn out.